Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Thursday, October the 31st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's Halloween, and though Miami's record is scary, the future is scary for the opposition. I'll explain how Brian Flores is relating to his players and establishing a foundation for success. Plus, we've got the All-22 film review from Monday night in Pittsburgh. I'll share some thoughts on roster-building ideologies for the Dolphins this offseason, and we'll do a college prospect report dump. We've got news and tidbits galore in this hodgepodge episode. All of that and much more, but first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter by Dolphins Twitter. We do the all 22 breakdowns up there every week. Check out those threads. You will not want to miss them. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. We'll follow you back. And go check out the LockedOnDolphins.com webpage. We have new content up there all week long from Sean Diggity, Jason Harina, Kevin Dern, and yours truly. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Another roster move came down the wire on Wednesday as the Dolphins released 2017 seventh round draft pick Isaiah Ford, the receiver who had really grabbed the attention of many fans but never really stuck on the roster in his place. Former cornerback of the New Orleans Saints off waivers, Ken Crawley. I recall watching Saints games and seeing Crawley be the rabbit, as in the guy they pick on relentlessly. So I'll temper expectations about what to expect from Crawley in Miami. But again, that could be part of the plan. Another cornerback who has a much better career track record than Crawley, Aqib Tlaib is here in Miami, but not probably to play on this football team. But could he be a coach? Multiple avenues have reported that Tlaib is interested in a career in coaching and his relationship with Brian Flores from his one and a half years up in New England could result in a coaching internship which keeps Tlaib in the Dolphins building beyond his playing days. This guy is cooked as a player, but maybe he is a coach for the future of this team like an intern next season. So the Dolphins buy a fifth round draft pick in exchange for $4 million. That's expensive. And a 2022 seventh round draft pick and maybe get some more instructive skills inside the building. All right. I digested the all 22 from Monday's loss in Pittsburgh. And I will say the tape is getting easier to watch every week because there are more wins on individual plays and more things to praise for them. Because I'm not going to talk about the negatives as much. I'll point some of them out, but we all know how that goes. But as far as the praise goes, that all said, this kind of coincides with my comments on Twitter regarding the Dolphins fans that are worried about losing out on the first pick in the draft. The team is still very, very bad, guys. There's a lot of very bad film out there. Even in these games where they're playing well, and I use air quotes around that, they're still losing by double digits except for the one game against Washington when Fitzpatrick rescued the game in the fourth quarter, and there are plenty 
of missed opportunities for the opposition. The reason these games are closer is because you're playing Mason Rudolph, Josh Allen, Case Keenum, quite the departure from Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, and Phil Rivers. Now, granted, Sam Darnold has been awful, and Ryan Finley and Daniel Jones are on the schedule later this year, but the point is that these quarterbacks are missing plays against this defense, and Rudolph did it all night long. I showed a clip in the video thread where he has Deontay Johnson wide open for a walk-in touchdown on a bootleg with no pressure in his face, all the time in the world to read the defense, and he essentially waits for Johnson to run his route straight out of bounds before he throws the ball. Then there's another play where McMillan rushes and Aguavin winds up on the ground, which he probably should start paying rent to the turf because at this stage, that's where he spends all of his time. But Aguavin gets thrown to the ground and trips McMillan en route to the quarterback. It's just laughable when you see it. It looks like a blooper reel from like an 0-16 season, for instance. Then on offense, there aren't many opportunities for big running lanes, but when there are, we're missing them with the running backs. These backs lack creativity in the worst way, especially Kalen Balage, but we knew that. Let's go ahead and stay on the offensive side for the individuals in the All-22. Michael Dieter, he's got some good reps, especially as a puller and run blocking, but he's reaching in pass protection still. And the instance I showed on Twitter, it's a run action play where he's trying to sell play action and he goes out over his skis and gets whipped by Cameron Hayward. His pass pro sets just have to be better. They have to be for him to be part of the future. Jamarcus Webb, complete liability. I'll leave it at that. Evan Bame didn't create a lot of push in the running game, but I love the instincts he offers in pass protection, and he passes off on games, stunts, twists, slants, very, very well. Shaq Calhoun, too many mental mistakes, and that's why I think he was replaced by Chris Reed, who played really well for the second straight game. We talk about Bame's instincts. Chris Reed's are just as good. He started off early in camp playing well, was put into the abyss after Pat Flaherty was fired. Maybe we see more of him going forward? I certainly hope so. Jesse Davis not going to cut it at right tackle. Just gets beat with one speed rush off the edge and then oversets all night and allows the underneath move for TJ Watt to be very easy. He's got to go back inside to guard, man. These tight ends had a crap game. Blocking was atrocious. They did nothing in pass catching, but Preston Williams, the receiver, I'll tell you what, he had a three-route sequence on the Dolphins' long touchdown drive. So Miami scored two touchdowns, right? One off the interception from Howard, which put them up in plus territory, and then the second drive after that also goes to pay dirt. And Preston Williams got Joe Hayden on three routes on that drive, all in breaking, two of them square-ins, one of them a slant. And you guys should go check out these videos up on my Twitter thread at Wingfield NFL Dolphins Offensive All-22 Review because I show you each of these routes where Preston Williams has a plan differently on all three of them based upon the leverage and the help that Joe Hayden has over the top where he widens Joe Hayden or puts him upfield with the inside shoulder going backwards because of the threat of speed going over the top and then another one where he fakes to the outside and works back across the face of Joe Hayden all to get the square in or the slant route in breaking routes. He is a smooth route runner in that regard, the way he can kind of sink his hips at the top of the route, at the top of the stem, and get separation that way. He is creating consistent separation, which is very impressive for a guy who is a rookie, much less an undrafted rookie. I still think the world of that guy as far as his football skill set, and I think he's going to be a number one receiver for this team. And check out those videos. You might agree with me after you see them. In just a little bit, we're going to get to the defensive All-22. We'll break down some college prospects from last weekend, and I have many additional thoughts that we're unloading on a short week here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. But first... 
Can't find a workout that keeps you engaged? Peloton is an immersive cardio experience with real-time features that will always keep you coming back. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout from the convenience of your own home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use promo code LOCKED to get started. And the Dolphins are three-point dogs at home against a 1-6 Jets football team. And as a true football fan, you already know just as sure as the seasons change what this Dolphins team is going to do on Sundays, how Tom Brady's going to perform in the Patriots games. Every weekend, our favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test. So why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season. Now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in a game with my bookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sportsbook on the planet. And the best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put $1,000 in, they're going to give you back $1,000. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code Locked On to activate the offer. That's promo code Locked On to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A lot of times on this show, I write the content while I'm driving, which isn't a good thing. I know that. Or I'm in the shower and I have to yell out to my wife to write something down in my notepad on my iPhone. And sometimes it comes when I'm with her and I try to explain to her a concept that I'm thinking of. And last night, the concept was how Miami had three blue chip players on the roster coming into the season or guys that I thought could become blue chips. They were Laramie Tunzel and Xavier Howard, who were already blue chippers. I had Minka Fitzpatrick on that list as well. But how weird is it? that all three of them are now gone and off the roster for the season. Howard's still here, obviously, but on injured reserve. It has just been a slow burn of strategic peeling away of the best parts of this football team. We're seeing the result of that now with an 0-17. Xavier Howard now on injured reserve, and I think the good news if you're pro-tank is that A.J. Green is going to be back for the Bengals after the bye in their Week 10 game against the Baltimore Ravens. You recall what Terry McLaurin did to the Dolphins without Xavier Howard. What do you think A.J. Green's going to do against this Dolphins secondary when he's not back there? Chess against checkers. Let's go back into the defensive all 22 here now and talk about the individual players on this team. But first, real quick, we have to discuss the zero blitz call because there were two different third down and 20 looks prior to that call in the game. One was on the Steelers' second drive and Miami rushed four and had four guys within five yards of the ball and the rest of the seven were all way back at the sticks, 20 yards downfield. The Steelers throw it underneath, complete it. Dolphins rally up, tackle, get the punt. Great. Good job winning that play, that series. Then, on the actual drive where the Steelers score the touchdown, Miami opens up the third and 20 play in the same defensive look, and then Brian Flores calls timeout. They go with the all-out blitz, and we all saw what happened on that. So just a little bit of interesting information for you on that play. But as for the individuals, John Jenkins is where we start in this game, playing the nose tackle, shading off either shoulder of that nose tackle. He really understands the two-gap as well as anybody in this defense. He doesn't get displaced, and he can really bull rush in this gap centric style where they want guys to run straight through somebody and maintain their gap integrity and he is very good at that because of the power and size that he offers I think once you get him in a more reduced role next year because right now 
He's playing like 40, 45 snaps a game, which is just too much for a guy of that size that plays with that power. Once you reduce his snaps down to like maybe 20, 25, closer to 30 per game, like Danny Shelton for the Patriots, then I think you really see him take off. I like John Jenkins a lot. I also like Christian Wilkins, who I think is getting better every single week, playing with just sheer power. He's a big dude, and I don't think folks realize that because of how athletic he is, but he's big and playing with power, but you also see the sweet feet as he engages and works down the line and keeps his feet shoulder-width apart to maintain that balance against those power zone runs, and they throw those outside zone runs at the Dolphins, and the way he can work down the line of scrimmage and stay engaged and stay squared to his offensive blocker, I think this guy's going to have a breakout season next year, but the production will continue to be incremental this season like it was on Monday night. Jerome Baker's getting better in this defense. The speed is obvious. He can get to the edge in a hurry. He had a great stick on one of the Steelers running backs. I think it was Benny Snell where he outraced him to the sideline. That was great to see. And he works really hard to keep himself clean as he approaches his run fit. Sometimes he'll overrun it or misread the run fit, but he's doing a lot better. And that strip sack from Tuck Charlton. We saw Jerome Baker do a dip around the edge off the tackle. That's how he's going to win his pass rushes, dipping the edge and winning with speed and elusiveness. We saw that on Monday night. The guy that helped him create that space on that stunt, a pick stunt, was Taco Charlton as he goes inside for the pick with his length and power. And man, you can see how long his arms are his arms are when he reaches out to make that hit. It's really all I got on him. He got the ball out, but did so well to dent the edge to create the opportunity for Baker and then himself worked upfield and got his hands on the football. The second level at linebacker, Raquan McMillan continues to spill out fullbacks and blow up blocks en route to the football, but he also had just as many misses where he was wrong this week. Not his best game, but even in his bad games, you see him show up with a few big plays against the run. And then back in the second level, Xavier Howard, I showed a clip where he gets in phase on a deep ball to Juju Smith-Schuster to the field side of the formation with no safety help. The Dolphins run their safety help over to the boundary side, which is the short side of the field. Field side is the larger side. They go no help, man coverage. He mirrors, doesn't press, plays up on the ball, but doesn't physically press him with a jam. And he mirrors the route, gets in his hip pocket, runs upfield, should have had a pick, usually finishes that play, but he dropped the interception from Mason Rudolph. You just see what he can do and how they can kind of formulate the scheme around him. The Lions have Darius Slay with Matt Patricia. The Patriots have Stephon Gilmore with Bill Belichick. And I think Brian Flores has that as well in Xavier Howard, but we'll see him next season. His year is now over. So that's where Miami are. Played a lot of snaps in this game. A short week coming with the Jets on Sunday. That'll be a challenge, especially with the poor run defense this team has against Le'Veon Bell, who's looking to get right and Robbie Anderson on a defense that really does not have a safety and now is down Xavier Howard. We'll preview the game on tomorrow's podcast, but that's a little bit of a looking ahead for you guys here on this show. Let's go ahead and stay inside the film room here and talk about the guys I watched in college football last weekend, which by the way, I went two and four in my picks. So go ahead and knock that against me. I think it's 28 and 28 on the season now. 500 baby, that's not good enough. We'll do better next week. But you don't care about my picks. You care about who this Dolphins team picks. And that's why we're going to talk about 10 college prospects right now. We start with Oklahoma State wide receiver Tylen Wallace. If you guys haven't seen this video clip, it's up on my Twitter timeline within the Locked On Dolphins Week 9 College Football Scouting Report article on LOD.com. Tylen Wallace is a man possessed. 
And I think when you watch the style of play that he has, the way he's built low and compact to the ground with a thick lower half of his body, he's able to sink in and out of routes, and he really plays with power and can run through guys in the second level yards after the catch, which we know with the quarterback that we want to get can do in that regard. Check him out. His teammate, Chuba Hubbard, the running back, he only needs a little crease to hit a home run. He has absurd long speed and quickness to find that hole and find that gap and hit it up in there right away. But he is just one of many, many running back options in this draft for Miami, who I think has to kind of remake this running back room from the top down. We all watched the LSU game to get a peek at Joe Burrow, but I caught Christian Fulton, the LSU cornerback, who can just do it all when it comes to man or zone coverage. He plays zone turn. And zone turns a phrase you're going to hear a lot from me. Basically, all it means is you give away your man coverage by turning your butt to the sideline and it puts you in more of a read and react situation. He can do that. He can drive out of his back pedal. He is physical like Xavier Howard. I think he's a really, really good looking prospect for a Miami Dolphins cornerback. Probably a first round pick too. Maybe that pick that came from the Houston Texans. His teammate, Caleb Von Chason, I've talked about him before. He is an absolute beast off the edge. Just made out of clay, 240 pounds pounds, rocked up. He can rush the passer. He can long arm the edge and stand up the run de- or the run blocking and play good run defense setting the edge or work his way back down the line of scrimmage. He can play off the ball linebacker in coverage, drop into the hook zone. He can slide out and stand up in your 3-3-5 bare front, which Miami is playing more of that this year or more of that recently now that they have John Jenkins performing with Devon Godshaw and Christian Wilkins. Essentially, you go over the nose and then have the other two down linemen up over the guards and two techniques and you bring down linebackers off the edge. I see Chase on in a perfect fit for one of those jobs as the weak side backer, but also as a true seven technique when you go even front four down linemen and rush the quarterback and let him hunt the quarterback that way. Their other teammate, Grant Delpit, we all know who he is. My goodness, this guy has some range and some speed and closing speed. He attacks the running game pretty well. He likes to get in there and run fit. Not going to be the most aggressive tackler downfield, but when he commits to his run fit, he blows up plays all the time. And I love the speed and the instincts of this guy. J.K. Dobbins, I talked about Chuba Hubbard, and I have gone on and on about Dobbins the last couple of weeks, the Ohio State running back. Go check out his thread against the Wisconsin Badgers, a grown man who can do all three phases, stick his face in the fan and pass protection, catch the football, hit home runs, run for tough physical yards, keeps the legs turning. I really, really like J.K. Dobbins. I think he's RB1 personally. They have a player in their secondary, not Jeff Okuda, who's also awesome, and not Arnett, the other cornerback, who's also great, but Sean Wade, a nickel cornerback slash safety. Ohio State has, I think, a five-star safety. Kevin Dern, our friend of Locked On Dolphins, was telling me this. They have a five-star safety who can't get onto the field because Sean Wade can let them roll with a cornerback who can play safety as well, and he's doing everything. Quick twitch. He can run. He can blitz. Absolutely loves to play the run. A key factor in a Brian Flores defense. Takes on blockers. He just has the ideal mold for a slot guy, safety guy, convert, play in the box, play anywhere on this defense. Six foot one, 193 pounds. He's a redshirt sophomore, so he might not come out, but he's an excellent football player in that Buckeye secondary. Tyler Bayadash, the Wisconsin center. We all know about him by now, I think. Athletic captain of the Wisconsin offensive line. He can climb to the second level, get himself out in space and stay controlled and hit big blocks that way. I think I want to see more from him in pass protection, but I think he's probably the second best center in this class. Staying on the offensive line, Tristan Wirfs, the Iowa right tackle. He's massive, 6'5", 320. He's got very light feet, good in pass protection. He can get into his set 
mirror the pass rusher, and then reset if he gets beat on the initial punch. He's very stout in that way. Maybe needs some more work as a run blocker, but still gets it done enough in the Big Ten. And then there's another offensive lineman who had been suggested to me a couple of times, and I finally gave in and watched him. Big Trey Smith, the left guard for Tennessee. This dude is a first-round pick. Nasty, nasty finisher. Loves to get out in space and maul. He has ridiculous length and size, and he compares that, or combines that, rather, with good enough athleticism. He can anchor and pass protection. I bet Trey Smith goes off the board in the first round this year, and I would be thrilled if it was to Miami. And the last guy I watched was not someone I was planning on watching. He just blew up the Oklahoma tape when Kansas State pulled off the upset. He is Wyatt Hubert, and if you couldn't guess by his name, yes, he is a white defensive end, 260 pounds, so a great fit for this scheme. He did redshirt his freshman year, but then when he came back and played his first collegiate football season, was a freshman All-American. He had a two-play sequence where he forced back-to-back fumbles on Jalen Hurts. He does the same thing I talk about, long arm, lockout, two-gap, eye discipline, work your way to the quarterback through the running game. He has the exact fit for this defense you would want. So there's 10 prospects there. Go back to LockedOnDolphins.com, get a look at all of them, as well as the quarterbacks. We do that every week. Not going to do it this Saturday because I will be in Miami. So come meet up with me in Fort Lauderdale on Saturday. We'll have the college quarterbacks up later in the week. I'll have the games on DVR. I still have a lot left to get to on this podcast, including Brian Flores' ability to connect with his young players. All of that and more next. Locked on Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked on Fins. At the top of the last segment, I talked about how much time I put into deriving these ideas for the podcast. And this one we're going to do next here, I put a lot of delicate time into this one because I don't want to sound ignorant or say the wrong thing. So I hope I achieved that. And let's go ahead and play the audio from what inspired this idea. And I apologize for the quality. It's not great, but here we go. Because of one person, that's the head coach, Brian Flores. You know, Scott, I sat down with him yesterday and I never met him. And I walked out of the room and I was blown away because of his attention to detail. He talked about how he grew up and how he had to fight for everything that he had and how sometimes you get knocked down. And he told his team a story about when he had a fight and he got hit in the mouth and he got knocked down. And he said, football is the same way. You're going to get knocked down. It's not if but when, but it's how you get back up. And he's bringing everything he learned from other coaches, Belichick and Bill O'Brien and Josh McDaniel. And I can go on and on and on. But he's adding that Brooklyn tough. He's from Brooklyn. He's from New York. He grew up in one of the toughest neighborhoods that we've ever seen. And he's taking that mentality and he's slowly putting it on his team. And it may not look good right now. They aren't winning, but they're fighting, Scott. And in the last three weeks, they fought and they fought hard. It's going to break through. And dare I say, when it does, it's going to look really good. So that came from Sports Center with Scott Van Pelt. That's Booger McFarlane of the Monday Night Football Broadcast. And I wanted to ask you guys this first off the top. You ever been in an NFL locker room? You ever been around an NFL team? While there is diversity in the characters as they range from any walk of life, for the most part, a lot of these guys come from the same type of background, and you sure as hell better have a coach that can relate to those guys one way or the other. I'm not sure how it happens with certain guys that don't have the background, but when it comes to Brian Flores and getting this team to buy in, this very young team who's hungry to make an impact, 
And I think the reason you have an 0-7 football team that's resonating with their head coach, going back to the comment from Ryan Fitzpatrick who said they're starting to get more buy-in from these guys, I think the reason you might be getting that is because of Brian Flores' relatable background that he shares with a lot of these young men. Because let's be real, a lot of the guys in the NFL are young black men who maybe came from not the best upbringings and the best backgrounds or the best areas from their childhood. You pair that with the fact that he was a hungry, ferocious college football player who wasn't good enough to make the National Football League. He'll tell you that. But you watch some of his work from college and you can find some videos on Safid Dean of the South Florida Sun Sentinels Twitter page. I believe he's at Safid Dean on there. You see the energy and passion that he plays with. You bring that together with his experience and his background. I think this guy is very, very capable of relating to young men. It's why his leadership was so highly praised when they first brought him in. And this isn't to say that you have to have that tough upbringing to be able to resonate with the players in your team, but it makes it easier, at least in the case of Brian Flores. And I think that's why he's been able to achieve that. And as part of his character and his background, and it makes him who he is with this fine attention to detail. Because if you want to get out of an area like that, you're going to have to have the strong attention to detail and the great discipline and the want to, to get back up off the canvas when you've been knocked out. So I really hope I didn't overstep there, but I'm such a big fan of this man, Brian Flores, and I think, I believe, he's the right man for this job. Let's go ahead and do a quick transition here and talk about some roster-building ideologies. More crazy thoughts from Travis late at night, most likely, when I think of these ideas, but I was thinking about how the Dolphins can approach this offseason, and we've talked so many times about the endless options they have for how to round out this roster with the free agency money, with the many, many draft picks, and I was thinking about it almost in a fantasy football type of way, which is funny because I I haven't played fantasy in like five years, but I'm talking about handcuffing your premium resources. And what I mean by that is if you go out and you sign a mega free agent, like a Brandon Scherf, for instance, go out and use a late round draft pick to protect him, to develop behind that guy. So you get two bites at the apple in case your first investment doesn't work out. So like Brandon Scherf, for instance, use a fourth or a fifth round draft pick on a right guard, or you develop Evan Bame or Danny Isadora, someone like that. You give yourself options in the event that he doesn't work out because we have to know going into this that some of these moves, they're not going to work out. It's not going to be a 100% surefire hit. So you have to build in contingency plans across the roster and give yourself 53 guys that can do the job, not just 22. So if you go out and get Brandon Scherf, draft a right guard in the middle rounds. If you go out and draft, let's say AJ Epinesa with the Steelers pick at number 10, whatever it is, go out and sign FA Obata to protect the investment there, a mid-tier free agent. There are going to be so many different opportunities to really improve this roster. I can't wait to see how they do it. But unfortunately, I guess for us, we still have nine more games before all of that starts. We have pieces up on LockedOnDolphins.com. Sean Diggity wrote his weekly tank tracker. It's so well done. I enjoy reading it every week. Go check his stuff out. Jason Harina, I love every time that guy writes a story. He wrote about 16 former players that you might have forgotten about. The random Miami Dolphin players like Thurman Thomas, for instance, if you don't recall that. Kevin Dern also just published a piece today, an absolute banger about the Dolphins defense under Brian Flores. So LockedOnDolphins.com, your go-to source for all things Dolphins every single day. We'll come back on tomorrow's show with the preview episode. 
for Dolphins and Jets. But before we do that, that's going to be my time today. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. The show is at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Halloween. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a preview edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. Thank you for a half million downloads over the last three months, guys. Very much appreciated.